Yo, 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 yo. Yeah. This is your boy, Dr. IBZ. This is the IV fucking podcast, the Imperfect Vet podcast. Now, this is episode number 19. Back at it again. Um, I was going to call this 18 part 2, but fuck it. We're going to call this episode 19. And we're gonna record another episode tomorrow as well. So we're gonna we're we're gonna keep going. You already know. So this episode is more of a solo dolo type of episode. Um, we're going right back off of the uh, the whole Will Smith thing. I did a whole take on that. You can peep that episode. Um, I just wanted to know, you know, I just wanted to ask people how their weeks are, you know, how everything's going. Hopefully everyone's having a good day, good week. You know, it's been a long time since I asked you guys that question. It's been a long time since I, you know, indulged and, like, engaged with y'all. So, you know, so today was the type of day where I thought I was going to do a solo podcast. But, you know, the homie came through, so we did the whole Will Smith podcast. So now, for today as well, we're going to do another pod. And this pod is um the main topic. Is There's this little kind of, like book I'm writing slash little like I don't even know what to what to call it right now it's like it's like basically the blueprint or like uh what's the word called it's more of um it's just a vibe for now so I'm gonna reread the prologue since barely anybody's listening to it reread the prologue and then I'm gonna go into the chapters I'm probably gonna finish chapter one and then from there, I'm going to explain the book, explain the chapters, and then go in depth from there. And then um, we're going to talk about some other current events, some other things that I wanted to talk about in that podcast that I couldn't get into, really. Because, you know, sometimes I try to limit this podcast to be like 30 minutes to like 40 minutes. However, this podcast was 45 minutes. We could even went to an hour, but I didn't really want to go too long because I don't want to waste too much energy on one podcast until the numbers go up. Once the numbers go up, then you're going to see my numbers are going to go up as in I'm going to be dropping an hour to an hour and a half type of podcast. But until then, there's no point in me dropping like a whole fucking hour of me talking when there's no one really that's going to listen or anything. I don't really have a B mic. My B mic is Tupac. What's up, Tupac? Say what up, Tupac. What's up? You good? What's up, Tupac? Come here. Anyways, Tupac's chilling. I wish I had a camera. But yeah, Tupac's chilling. You know, I'm just, I got my pod juice. You know, we chilling. So yeah, it's just another day. It's episode 19. We're working. I'm going to have another episode recorded tomorrow. Um, I'm trying to get to, like, episode fucking 100, literally by the end of the year. Like, I'm going to, like, even if I have to, like, pre-record as many episodes as I can. And, like, what I'm going to try to do is, like, make them as current as possible. You know what I mean? Because that's the whole purpose of podcasts is current events, your opinion, and maybe, like, a one-two personal story and that type of shit. So... But the premise of this podcast is for people to laugh, heal, 
and and like you know just have something in the back that you can listen to and you could be like yo i was feeling that too you know da, da, da. And like someone that can at least articulate something and if you guys have any questions any comments anything you can just let me know and i can talk about it on the podcast but i'm not really getting any feedback so until i get some feedback this is how it's gonna be. I'm gonna keep trying to create different ways to get people to listen and like all that type of shit. But until then, there's nothing I can do. Plus, Ramadan's coming soon, so I'm. It's gonna be like a more like sober pod. I'm probably gonna have. Um, I might have people over. It's gonna be like after iftar type of pod. Um. Also, I feel as if, um, like, not to go off topic, but I understand how Will felt. Now, this is, I'm not even going to go in on that whole Will Smith shit because I already talked about it for 45 minutes, but I understand how he felt in terms of getting angry to that point where you feel like you have to do something you have to in turn you have to do something you have to react and I get it to the point where you get fed up and in life we all get fed up and I just feel like since we're all at that point now where we're all getting fed the fuck up I just feel like everyone needs to just chill Relax. We went through a fucking pandemic. We lost two years of our lives that we can't really get back, right? People that were in prison lost double that, basically, if you think about it. So, like, in terms of that, we all survived. We should all be happy and, like, thankful that we're here at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, we should also know that no matter what... No matter what, we need to like we need to just chill. Because everyone is going through it. Everyone has their personal shit that they need to deal with. But like we need to just fucking chill, man. Like this is just getting into like so much bullshit at the end of the day. And I'm not talking about the the whole will situation. I'm talking about life in general right now. Like people are very antsy and very like like um they don't know what the fuck is going on type of shit but it's like yo just relax just relax and let life move the way it has to move right now life is becoming more balanced everything was moving in chaos people are partying left and right people are doing all this and that people are doing that and this right no one was giving a fuck for the past fucking 10 20 years no one was giving a fuck and when I say no one is giving a fuck to the point where like greed was happening nasty. People were like, yo, global warming. Everyone's like, shut the fuck up. All this shit's going on. Everything's happening. And then all of a sudden, boom, the internet hits. Now that the internet hits, now there's more reasons not to give a fuck. And when I say the internet hits, I'm talking social media. My bad. Correction. Social media. Boom. <laughs> social media hits right when social media hits that's when everything becomes weird 
because at first there was certain shit that was being online that you didn't know if that was real or not but like it was real because people weren't really faking online in the beginning because it was hard to do visual effects with your shitty ass camera at home and your sh- the shitty ass programming that you can get online it was hard to do visual effects and you could tell that they did visual effects but then we got to that point we got to that point where like it's crazy because we got to the point where like man we got to the point where like it got chaotic like people were saying whatever the fuck they wanted to you could be a celebrity and you you would say some foul shit right everyone's saying whatever they want right boom you got to the point where Right when everyone's saying whatever they want, now your mom and them are on social media. So now you can't really say whatever you want. Because social media, the reason why people were talking reckless was because the pastor you look up to, the teachers you look up to, the people you look up to weren't really on social media. They, they denounced social media. So you're on social media, you're talking your shit, you don't give a fuck. You're doing whatever you want. That's what I was doing on social media. I was embarrassing myself on social media. There's probably so many posts and so many things I did on social media that is fucking embarrassing. You know what I mean? But I still did it. And I don't fucking regret it. But I learned from it. But imagine other people. And then boom, now your parents are on social media. They have social media. Now you got to kind of clean up your act a little bit. But you still have your dirt. And your parents can just search up your bullshit too if they really want to. If they want to be Snoopy Magoo. So like, yeah, like social media happened. And then right when everyone's doing their 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 moms and them boom boom the politicians started hopping on social media because now they need more voters they're like we got to relate to the public the politicians and more celebrities like even high profile celebrities even tupac has an account biggie has an account niggas that are dead have verified fucking social media accounts you know what i mean so like you got to that point where now everyone's on there so now even people that weren't really on social media, now they're trying to tell people what to do on social media to the people that have been there for years and years and years. This is toxic. This is, and you know, they were probably right. Cause some of the shit we were doing was very toxic, but it doesn't mean that just because it was toxic, it mean it, okay. let me, let me, let me say this properly. It doesn't mean that just because it was toxic that that it was in the complete wrong maybe what was said shouldn't have been said the way it was said it should have been reframed better but that's basically everything if you think about it however they came in like you would make a joke that's like a joke and then people were like oh my god you're being toxic and da 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 and this is rooted in this and and they started to ruin everything to the point where like now people started watching what they say and the only app right now i know where people do not give a fuck is twitter both sides no one gives a fuck is twitter every other app everyone's walking on eggshells but twitter no one gives a fuck i'm telling you guys no one gives a fuck right there's gonna be some social justice warriors but they get drowned out by the ignorant niggas bro no one cares on that app no one cares and that's why i go on it because it's more like a neutral unbiased playing field because you have people on both sides talking their shit and they get the same type of like, so it's like it's an even playing field. You, you don't feel like you don't feel like, oh man, this is, if I'm on this app, it's one sided. Because Instagram is fucking left sided. 
YouTube is left-sided. Facebook is a little bit right-sided. Twitter is everywhere. And I like everywhere. I like to know everyone's angle. You know what I mean? So it just makes sense for me. So it's like, so like, even if you are like, damn, what the fuck? Like when fucking, okay, Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. Cool, that's all right. That's cool, whatever. You can go, damn, what the fuck? Like, um, like, I heard the moment, like the moment that shit happened, I was playing Pokemon, minding my business, eating food, and then boom, I hear, yo, Will Smith went in, yo, Will Smith, yo, yo, Will Smith. I'm like, Will Smith did what? So, at the end of the day, like, I'm probably going to talk about this for the next two weeks, but like, at the end of the day, I want people to understand that that's what happened. And then right when the social justice warriors came in and everyone's talking about fat phobia. Yeah, I'm going back to my shit. Everyone's talking about fat phobia, homophobia, transphobia, dysphobia, you're a phobia, you're a bomb, you're you're purple, you're blue, you're this, you're that. Everyone's going in on each other. Right when that chaos started brewing, boom, we got hit with a fucking pandemic. You wanna know why? Because people won't shut the fuck up. I know I'm gonna jump joking. But it's because people because it's God telling us to chill the fuck out. Understand and look at what you have and then react. And people start looking at what they have is people start realizing that they don't have shit and they need to fix up. People start realizing, yo, fuck all this other shit, I need to fix up. But still, people were still getting mad at dumb shit because they were still in their cocoons. It created a cocoon. So people were still in their cocoons. Hell, I was kind of in a cocoon as well. So people were still in their cocoons, still in their own fucking world. You had to go outside during the pandemic. You had to embrace people. You had to look, go outside. I'm not saying go catch COVID. I'm saying you had to know what people are doing. Even look at the lives, the live feeds that people are doing while they're outside during COVID. You got to do, you got to socialize, call people, do something. Because you can't just isolate. Isolation is is dangerous. When you isolate yourself, you start to create and believe in your own thoughts. When you create and believe your own thoughts, and I'm talking about your own um, your emotions will become thoughts. When those emotions become thoughts, you can, might act on them, and and you might believe them, and you might believe them to be fact, and that is dangerous. That is very dangerous. And that's a Dr. Eve's quote right there. That's a dangerous thing to do. So I just think that personally, like, people need to understand that this shit that we call life is too short. We need to embrace each other. We need to love each other. However, like, keep in mind, man, not everyone has your best fucking interests. Like, you can't open up to everybody. You cannot open up to everybody. And it's hard, especially if you're a type of, like you're a loving person. You can open up to someone, and that person can use that angle as a way to keep talking to you, infiltrating you, poking you, poking you. And then when you snap on them, they use that as ammo to snap on you because they're already mad at the world. There's already shit like that that happens, right? Or maybe you've done something to someone to piss them off, and then they're waiting for you to do something to piss them off. And then, you know, they snap on you, right? And then when you tell them, yo, like, where is this coming from? Oh, da 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 And then, you know, and then you look like a bad person. So, but you could have been the bad person as well. So then you have to dial back and remove yourself from the situation, remove yourself from the person, remove yourself from the whole problem, 
and start to analyze yourself because there are things that you contributed to that problem. I can attest to that. I know that like most of the problems I'm in, every problem I'm in, I fucking fanned some of the flames as well. And I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have fanned any of those flames. But when you get tired, when you get mad, you start fanning flames, bro. You're like, fuck it. If there's going to be a fire, if there's going to be smoke, let there be a fucking fire. Let the better get a cold pop. Because today I got time for that. Like, real shit. You know, but then you realize at the end of the day, you start to look at the fire. You start to see what's burning, all the crops, all the people crying. And then you start to realize, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have fanned the flames. I should have just put out the smoke. And, I, and then I should have just kept it moving. And if I want to leave the village, I should just leave the village. But instead of instead of that, I always create a fire, which is stupid of me. So that is also some things that people also do. So it's not just me. But then, since you're fanning these flames, people are gonna start gaslighting you. So now these niggas are pulling out shit that you never seen before, called gas. You're a village. You see smoke. You're fanning flames and these niggas add gas now. Now the whole fucking shit is on fire. The whole world's on fire. Everything is on fire. There's nothing you could do about it. You're burning, everything's burning. Nothing you could do about it. You keep trying to, you keep trying, you keep trying, you keep trying. There's nothing you can fucking do about it. The fucking gasoline is burning. Nothing you could do. So, end of the day. I just feel like everyone just needs to relax. Now, we're going to go into this book. I think I just went in. Holy, I just went in. I didn't mean to go on a rant like that. This part is probably going to be just as long as the other one. Okay, so what we're going to do is... We're gonna reread the prologue so you guys know what, what, what like what's going on. So it's um, prologue. I didn't uh, the book. I think I'm calling it darkness, but I'm gonna call it. I'll name this book later. I think I said that in the last part. But parents. Okay, where does it go? Prologue. Parents. Malik Rahim and Aliyah Rahim have a ch- have children named MJ and AJ. Malik Malachi Rahim Jr. and Aliyah Ali Rahim Jr. Malik is a successful business owner and is thriving, providing an owned estate in Bridal Path in Toronto. There are a couple personal security guards and a couple at the gate ready just in case. Malik is involved in creating a cure for cancer. However, through that process, he made a breakthrough by creating a pill for chronic pain that was cheap to make and had little to no repercussions. The pill is manufactured in Tanzania in a factory off the coast on a man-made island by Zanzibar. Malik and Aliyah have dual citizenship and make sure the children do as well. The story takes place in 2020. The pandemic just hit and Malik's company is being asked to come up with a cure. The key thing, however, is that Malik is an Ivy League student. He's an Ivy League graduate and <clears throat> my bad. My bad, guys. Okay. <clears throat> the key thing, however, is that Malik is an Ivy League graduate in medicine. 
doctor slash chemist turned corporate with the cause. And Aaliyah has her PhD from UFT in finance. MJ and AJ had to follow in their footsteps. Malika and Aaliyah both built the business so one day they can follow in their footsteps. So MJ and AJ are the children. MJ and AJ are four years apart. MJ is 26 and AJ is 22. Both have graduated as well. MJ followed mom and AJ followed dad. MJ is unemployed, struggling, and AJ is thriving with dad. MJ is living with mom and thus AJ is with dad. The story goes on from there. By the way, the Rahims are divorced, however, still maintain the business together. It happened when Ali took MJ in. Malik hated that and Ali gave him the ultimatum. Chapter 1 MJ wakes up from his bed. His room is small, but at this point, it's good enough for him. He has a TV, computer, PS5, weed, mini fridge with beer in his clothing. MJ wakes up and does his ritual. Stays stuck in bed being bitter about the world. Looking through social media, being mad, and arguing with people on subreddits through burner accounts. You can't get caught out here. His room looks dirty, yet as he stares about to clean... He realizes all his cat's things are in his room. There's toys, the litter box, and his food with water. He doesn't mind though. As he's sleeping peacefully beside MJ, as he's scrolling through the net, cursing at the world, the cat brings peace to MJ. It's about 12 p.m., hunger pain set in, but MJ doesn't care. He's too down right now to even care about his health and eating. I'll eat later, he says, as he clutches his stomach in pain. The cat named Smoke pops up and looks, then almost says, man, go, get, go eat, I'm trying to sleep, or man up. MJ gets up, goes in the computer, maybe, ju just maybe today will be better. Maybe an email will pop up, maybe a track he made years ago will go by, who knows? Nope, nothing, emails are dry, his current work laid him off, no money. And MJ always puts dumbass on his screen to tell him to stop doing jobs he didn't go to school for. But MJ only did it for his family. Things never worked out. He studied finance but ended up in the kitchen and when COVID-19 hit, he was basically it was basically over for him. You can tell this is a little bit, I, I basically based MJ a little bit off me. Not a little bit, but like, a little bit off me. It was basically over for him. He didn't want to work in a kitchen no more because he thought the pandemic is an opportunity to do something else. Career change. The kitchen made him an alcoholic and a chronic weed smoker. MJ takes a bong rip. <laughs> As MJ takes a bong rip, I think it's time for me too. Uh -huh. It's time for my bong rip. MJ takes a bomb. So, guys, how are you guys liking the story so far? So far, this is chapter one, guys. And if I forgot how chapter one ends, but if it's Liddy Liddy, I think we might go a little bit into chapter three. A little bit of chapter three, you know what I mean? It's a little, it's a wee bit, might, you know? But yeah. So we're gonna go into this quick bong rip actually. Fuck it. Mm. Alright. So Alright. Fire so MJ fires up the PS5 starts playing music off the computer and video games cracks a beer open plays around a call of duty the free one obviously mj gets an email about news regarding his father he leaves the game he's not that good anyways 
and checks the email and goes through a link. It's an article. There's also a suspicious email from N. Ah, all right. Let me tell you how MJ came up before we go back to the computer. MJ was born in 1994, May 13. Aliyah was told she'd never have children and malik prayed he's muslim and pleaded that he has at least one child thus mj was blessed right well he thinks otherwise why am i here is what he constantly thinks however that's another story for another day by the way i am the narrator i've been there since the beginning however you'll never know who i am until you look close or i tell you call me optics for now or op mj was thriving in school I think that's a good premise to have a narrator that's telling the story, but you don't know really, really know who that person is. It's kind of sick. MJ was thriving in school, was good at athletics, and even had a good, uh, even had a few girls into it. Seems good, right? No, he'll still tell you the love of his life appears in high school. Now this girl was caramel colored, East African, just like him, Muslim, just like him, different countries, ever similar cultures. Her name was. Um, what was this? Say? Oh, her name was What the hell did I put? Yo, I put a weird ass name. I'm just gonna put NF. Yeah, her name was NF. Kenyan, so not too far from Tanzania. He was so into her. Her hair was always natural and long. And in a puff like an afro, more developed than most girls at school in his eyes. They hit it off right the bat. She was in his math class, and since he was smarter than the rest, he, could, he couldn't help all but build something. At least he thought. Now, MJ's about her height, let's say 5'10", 150 pounds, pretty average. N is just fine, so let's just keep it at that. They end up becoming friends and then going out to post-secondary. High school was rough for both. Um, however, keep in mind they went to popular and respectable high schools and universities. So did AJ, but her story will unfold soon. Keep up. They all went to FSS and then went to UFT. MJ looks at his computer and sees an email. It's from N. He's so surprised. He thought she disappeared and wanted nothing to do with him. Started a new life in Africa, or maybe she was dead. Who knows? It was weird, though, how she left, and MJ hasn't been the same since. Moved into his mother's house and has been gaming, streaming, and has a YouTube channel with a podcast attached. He makes a little bit of money off that for his weed and food habits, but his mom pays for the rest. MJ decides to not look at his email as he reflects on the past. N and him never worked out because N's family didn't want MJ involved with her. They had some time of aggression towards the the pill Malik created because they felt like he put them out of business. They almost had the patent, but Malik beat them to it. Some say he stole it. Some say coincidence. N and MJ never knew that until it was too late. Their parents hated their relationship. And when N's parents, or let's call her N, yeah, and for now end up creating a pill that helps you with anxiety and has no addictive effects they hit it big malik and the fatahs or so as and fatah are competing now the fatahs learn of the relationship and try to persuade n and mj malik did the same shunning n and vice versa all the bitter things parents do to the children's significant other if they do not approve n gets pregnant mj is happy He's so happy that he na- has names ready in his head they know they have to hide not only the relationship but the pregnancy as well 
good thing graduation came right around the corner of U of T. They graduated and since their parents paid for everything and they maintained their relationship low key without getting caught, it seemed like they were good. They decided to tell their parents that they do need their finances and will figure it out for themselves. They had jobs lined up. MJ, however, couldn't bear to lie to his mom. He approached her drunk one night and slipped. She said she'd never say anything and MJ trusts his mom. So who would have found out because he's over there with her and N has disappeared. MJ and N end up in a nice condo adjacent to a hood, so it's an up and coming area. They got cheaper rent and were working their respective job. MJ was a sous chef at a popular pub restaurant called Munchies King. N was a nurse, however, trying to do something different. She was too great at her job, and mind you, they graduated in 2018. If only she waited, she would have been busy, right? N is about six months pregnant now. She can't hide it, even though it was easy for the first four months. One day, one of her parents goes to see her for a checkup. She tries to hide it the best she can. The Vatas both walked in, but the mom was due for a checkup. Now, before you get mad, part of the deal was that N helps with their health because they're getting old. Plus, N was, is about to become a doctor soon. That's the more she wanted. However, she was waiting until the baby was born. She had a head start and the parents knew they can just come in because they're rich and see their daughter who can give them a checkup for free when and when. The mom notices N is bigger than usual. Ooh. Mafata. Haha. You got fat, honey. You can come back home. We'll feed you right. And mom, you always do this. I'm getting older. By the way, you need to lower your sugar contents. You're still diabetic, remember? MF. Sorry, hon. You know I like to joke around. I only had a couple candies in the past months, though. And mom, you can't lie. We all know. Stares at dad. Right, dad? Okay, okay. I hate to see the two women I love argue. It's okay. We'll fix it. No more sugar for mom. Plus 2018. We have adjustments for sugar. And substitute, substitutes, dad. You're so old school. DF, yes, like the teacher. Haha, <laughs> NF rolls eyes. MF, hey, let's have brunch on me. Now, usually N doesn't do brunch, but she's pregnant, due for a break real soon. Money's low, why not eat fast and act like you have a patient, right? If only life was that easy. N tells Betty she's going for brunch with her parents, however, she feels weird about it, but she feels like she should try to at least play nice. Now, I am, oh, 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 we're almost done. Okay, she tries to at least play nice. Okay. Alright. Let's go. It's almost done. Maybe if the baby comes, they'll back off. But she can't tell them until the right time. As so, she thought. They go to Pussateri's. They get pastries, breakfast, sandwiches, and coffee. However, N gets water. She gets pregnant. Doesn't want to risk anything. First red flag. The mom notices because she always gets coffee. They have a great time. Filled with memories, flashbacks, a typical family illusion in front of people. They go back to the car. MF is very petty. She pulls out N's favorite wine. She asks if she wants a sip. N says no because she has to work soon anyway. Second red flag. MF picks up the phone. Hey, hi. This is MF. My daughter's feeling sick. She can't come in to finish her shift. Is that okay? I'm okay. Bye. Thanks. She'll be in tomorrow at 7 p.m. No problem. MF looks at N and says... Now, what was the problem? Third red flag. Damn. Chapter two. Jeez. I can write. I need to work on my dialogue, but yo, I can write. If you guys like listen back to that chapter, jeez. Basically, the review of the chapter is and the prologue. So, 
MJ, who's the main character, his parents made a pill that can help people that went viral for the pandemic. So now they're fucking millionaires. However, MJ, however, MJ's parents split. So MJ was with his mom and his sister ends up with the dad. But the mom and the and the son, MJ, are broke, are kind of broke. They're like mid-class to mid-class, upper mid-class. And then AJ and um, the dad are are like they're living lavish. So basically that's what it is right now. So then MJ's living life, he's doing his basic routine and he gets an email about his ex-girlfriend who disappeared that was pregnant that he wasn't even supposed to date that his family's beefing with. So that's basically what it is. So and the chapter ends off with the mom of the Fatas figuring out that her daughter is pregnant with that nigga's fucking son but she's kind of baiting her into it so that's how it ends so yeah that's basically a long ass ad for the Dr. IBZ I'll name this book later Chronicles 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 coming soon coming soon coming soon starring MJ with his sister AJ and the parents Malik Rahim and Aliyah Rahim and 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 as in I'll name her later <laughs> so yeah that was episode 19 um that was more of a venting podcast that was more of a in-depth podcast of me going in with uh how I feel about a lot of shit and also me just going in with this little little book shit I'm trying to do so I'm just like putting it, inserting it in the podcast. And if people are liking it, fuck it, I'm going to keep going. If people aren't liking it, then who the fuck cares, man? Anyways, y'all stay safe. Stay tuned. Stay blessed. That's Tupac eating in the background. You already know what to do, what it is. Y'all stay blessed. Stay safe. Stay tuned. And yo, peace.